Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So today's episode is brought to you by Just Works, and I'm speaking to Isaac Oates, who is the founder and CEO. So Isaac, thank you for supporting the podcast, first of all. Yes, of course. Thank you. So can you just tell everybody really briefly what Just Works does? Sure. Just Works makes it ridiculously easy for small and medium businesses to uh, get going with payroll benefits and compliance and start hiring their first person. Okay. So maybe it's a silly question, but why is that? And I, mean, I actually know the answer in some ways because I've had to deal with this myself, but why is it so difficult? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mostly blame it on the government, to be honest, okay. but um, <laughs> You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, entrepreneurs spend all this time filling out paperwork and, you know, getting fined or, or, or even getting penalties, you know, when it's not right. And I think, I think computers are here to help and we're here to help. Just Works offers benefits, payroll, and everything you need to take care of your team. The most intuitive software for your growing business. Take the most tedious and time-consuming part of your job and make it the simplest and most automated part of your day. JustWorks handles benefits. They offer your team the benefits they want at prices you can afford, all online, all in one place. They also offer payroll and payments. Pay employees, vendors, and contractors regularly or on your own schedule. Their HR tools keep your team on the same page even when they're not in the same place, and they make sure that you are in compliance. You can grow your team across the country, and they deal with local, state, and federal regulations. From more information and to find out how you can save your company a ton of time and probably money, go to justworks.com. Okay, I got to take a deep breath here because this is going to be a long, wonderful episode. So I'm your host, Ari Mizell, and welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 189. And today I interviewed Daniel Vitalis of Sir Thrival. It was an awesome interview. He's really in tune with nature and knows a ton about nutrition, and you're going to learn a bunch too. But before that, I need to let everyone know that the episodes are going to be uh, a bit longer than usual from now on. And, and I hope that that's okay with you because it's all good stuff. I love sharing this information with you all. And it's, there's just so much of it. Basically, as you probably noticed, we switched to a once a week format about two months ago, I think, which has been great. I've actually been able to focus more on making higher quality episodes. But there's something about what I do that is, I guess, a blessing and a curse. I, I really believe that my unique talent is as a curator and creator of content. And as you should all know from listening to this show, I really try to share with you some of the most interesting, up-to-the-minute, helpful links in terms of studies from the scientific community, apps, websites, whatever it is that can help you be more productive, be healthier, and be happier. Now, I seem to be very good at that because I have a ton of links that I need to share with everybody. I know I'm used to seeing all these podcasts that share three or four links at a time, and I'm about to share 
about two dozen links with you. And I think that that might be the format for a while now where I'm going to be sharing over 20 links with you each episode and then going into the interviews. So the episodes will be a little longer. There would be going to be that much more jam-packed. But the truth is, is I just can't pare this stuff down for you because I'm going through thousands of blog posts a day to get these few golden nuggets. And I pull out about 30 to 40 interesting things per week. Now, you can follow those up to the second when I post them by following me over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Ari Mizell. Uh, and the username is obviously at Ari Mizell. So that's where you're going to get things as I find them using the hashtag LD show notes. However, when I present them in the podcast, I've been spacing them out a little bit and I realized that I'm just, I've got a glut now of so much good stuff to share. So I've got to get into it. But first I also want to tell you that this podcast is made possible today by Breather and Breather is the company that rents rooms by the hour in all sorts of cool locations in San Francisco, New York, uh, Montreal, and a few other cities. And you can rent them these very nicely furnished spaces for a meeting just to work for by yourself or to take a nap. So if you head over to lessdoing.com slash breather, you can sign up and get a free hour in one of their wonderful rooms. And I am recording this episode today from a breather room. So with that, let's get to the links. So the first link that I want to share with you today is called join whim. <laughs> now this the reason this is interesting to me is so it's it says dates not text whim cuts to the chase and sets up actual dates no endless texting no flakes or fakes so there's a few things about this that i find interesting now i've never used a dating app before i'm i i i can honestly tell you that i have been off the dating or out of the dating market for over 10 years now with my, my lovely wife, Anna. So I've never used a dating app, but they always kind of intrigue me because in a lot of ways, they definitely are very efficient, right? And they make things extremely efficient for you. So what Wim does is basically they match you and they set up a date and a convenient time and place. Oh, convenient time and place, yeah. So basically what you're doing is you're signing up for a date tonight or a weekly recurring, you know, like every Wednesday you want to have a date. And basically it's like a, it's almost like a robotic or I guess an AI matchmaker. But what's interesting to me about this, because this whole scheduling world has become such a big thing. And as many of you know, I'm an advisor to Calvin. Nick Sonnenberg is my partner in Les Duis, and he's been on the podcast several times. Uh, so I'm really been privy to a little bit of the backstage of this scheduling world. And to me, this is a different kind of scheduling app. It, it makes it easier for you to schedule things, but this is about dates. So I, I, I think this is pretty cool, actually, if you're going to be on the dating market. You don't want to worry about not only finding the person, but then the scheduling aspect as well. So uh, the next one is called Meet and Greet Me. And this, I think, is very, very cool. So it's called uh, it's called Meet and Greet uh, Me. And it's basically personal assistance locally around the world. Okay. So I, this is this is fascinating to me. It's a really interesting idea. Basically, you, you pick a city that you're going to go to. And let's say you're visiting Paris or you're visiting um, Milan or you're visiting Mexico City. It doesn't matter. Basically, this is almost like TaskRabbit for a locally knowledge assistant. So they can do everything from meeting you at the airport and arranging dinner reservations, hotel reservations, things to do. Uh, they can be there on site with you so they can actually act as a translator uh, and really anything you want. And so right now they have people in uh, several European cities, a few cities in uh 
in the far east, well, the far east, sorry, in uh, there's a, there's in Russia, and actually it looks like they have someone in Cairo, which is interesting, uh, and New Zealand. So basically what you're getting is an on-demand local personal assistant. And I think this is really amazing, actually, because as someone who I've been traveling more and more, I was you know recently in Helsinki, and in June I was in four different European countries. It's a lot of stuff can be done virtually, of course, but there's also a nice thing about having someone on the ground that knows what they're doing, knows their way around and can act as a personal assistant. So uh, I, I love this idea and I, I'm, I'm going to use it myself. Uh, now, the next thing is called Popoli. So the way I found out about Popoli is actually by uh, my, one of my favorite podcasts, which is Partially Derivative, which is uh, by two data scientists who talk about data news. But what you do with Popoli is that you drop in data and Popoli automatically pops out tons of discoveries and then you pick the ones you love. So you can take a, a huge spreadsheet of data, you know, whatever it might be, like uh, occupancy data or, or money or whatever, and basically it's going to pull out the data from that and organize it into a way that you can visually kind of understand it. And they've got some great examples here. Um, like, well, I mean, it's not, you'd have to see this visually, but, uh, they have like heritage trees by size of shade circumference by species. So this is obviously a thing about trees and somebody had a spreadsheet on this, but what it shows is actually uh, different colored circles of different densities on a map. And it's doing this stuff all automatically. So one of the big things with data, obviously that people always have a problem with is that they can collect the data, but then they don't necessarily have something to do with the data or they don't know what to do with the data without giving it to a full on data scientist. So Popoli is basically using AI to create something out of your data that you can use. And then they, in addition, of course, they offer actual consultations with a data scientist. So I think this is, this is fantastic. It's a really big step forward. The next thing is called Instavet. Uh, okay. So <laughs> this is a, a on-demand veterinary service that comes to your home. Okay, so yeah, let that sink in for a second. Uh, now, uh, this is not that crazy to me. Now, this is this is this is only in New York right now, but there's a number of services that we've mentioned before that allow you to do house calls with doctors for people, uh, and now this allows you to do it for vet and. People take their their pet care very seriously. I have two dogs who I love very much. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily go this far, but you know where this is really great is if it's been proven many, many times, there's lots of studies about how dogs and pets in general can really help the elderly or help people who have um, some sort of mental disability to just be happier and calmer and be more effective in their day. And sometimes obviously it'd be difficult for those people necessarily to get their their treasured companion to a vet. So I think this is wonderful that if this starts to set a little bit of a precedent that people can get house calls from vets. I like it. So InstaVet. Uh, now, uh, the next one is called uh, Swipe to Meet. Okay, so this is another scheduling app. You know, we talked about scheduling apps. So they're saying it's the simplest way to schedule anything, essentially. And it's a very uh, Tinder-ish kind of thing. So you're swiping left or right. So basically, you invite whoever you want, and then you swipe through a stack of photos, and they're suggesting times that already suit everybody. So, I, you know, it, yes, maybe this would make it easier to schedule things. I think it's a little bit gimmicky, but people are very... Uh, comfortable with the swiping left and right thing. So uh, swipe to meet might really help people make scheduling 
easier and uh, scheduling is extremely difficult as it is honestly it's one of those things that is just so inefficient in the things that we do now i want to just take a second break here from all the links to tell you and remind you that if you are out somewhere and away from your computer you can text the word do less to 33733 and you will be signed up for the less doing mailing list which you get every week with all sorts of highlights and uh, any kind of updates that we have and when you sign up you're going to get a free infographic on how to get to inbox zero so that's text the word do less to 33733 okay so uh, oh another thing i want to point out with all of these links that i'm going to be sharing there are sometimes links as i'm going through the flow of recording that i decide on the spot that i don't want to talk about the, not because they're not interesting but just because i feel like they're not interesting enough to necessarily talk about or i just they don't go with the flow they will still be in the show notes. So whatever player you're using, if you're on your, your podcast stream or player built into the iPhone or you're using Downcast or uh, Spree, any, any of these apps, or you want to just go right to the lessdoing.com blog, you can get the show notes of each episode, which will include every link we talked about and sometimes a couple links that we haven't talked about. So uh, there is a, the next one is called uh, Peach Labs. Now, this, I think, is a very interesting use case. So Peach Labs is basically, it's an app that will recognize if you break your phone. <laughs> so uh, if you drop your phone, uh, it will pop up and it'll say, hey, you know, oops, it looks like you dropped me. How about you test me to make sure I'm okay? So you can do that. Uh, and obviously, if the screen is cracked and you can't see that, then then it's, it's apparently going to know that. Uh, and what happens is that uh, you, it basically automates the, the, the process of getting it repaired. Okay. So you, you have the app on your phone. It says that you dropped it and there's something wrong with it and, uh, it will, uh, deal with the repair the replacement. So it's kind of amazing. So they take care of the repair of the placement and even deal with the carrier for free. So I'm really, I'm not sure how this quite works, but, uh, it's, it's an interesting idea. Uh, personally, now we have Apple Care on all our phones, and my wife actually broke her screen last week. And I walked in the Apple Store, and about 20 minutes later, I walked out with a new phone, brand new phone, for 80 bucks. So that's not so bad. This uh, is interesting. So it takes it, it, this is definitely a, a doing less approach, I guess, to getting your phone repaired. So uh, the next thing is there is a new app or new-ish app called Let Go, and Let Go helps you sell stuff, basically. So it, it, this is like another version, like Offer Up, for example, uh, but basically they call it the 24-7 flea market in your smartphone. So uh, it, the reason I like these kinds of apps and I like to talk about these kinds of apps is that so many people have so much physical clutter in their lives and getting rid of that is extremely helpful for their sanity and for organization purposes and everything in between. So the more services that there are for to do that, the better in my opinion. So let go. I'll let you just take pictures of all the things that you want to sell and then you list them and people can buy them. Very, very simple and straightforward. Now, there's a, a service called Zirks, Z-I-R-X, smart parking, the key to having a car in the city. So I have talked about Valley Anywhere before, and uh, I've talked about Lux, and this is just one of those many services. And uh, the reason I mentioned this one is that it's in some locations that a lot of the others aren't, actually. So it's in New York, it's in San Francisco, but it's also in Washington, D.C., San Diego, and Seattle. And you, it's just like the others. You know, you, you basically, uh, they pick up your car, 
they park it for you. They can wash it. They can do all that good stuff. And then they bring it back to you wherever you are. And I think that it's really great. One of the interesting cases to use this and how we use it a lot of times is actually you can get your car in one place and drop it off in another place and then have it picked up in another place. So if you're moving around the city or you you don't necessarily want to park, you just need to use your car to get from point A to point B, then that's it's a really cool case. The only downside, at least with, with Valet Anywhere, which I was using for a while, is that you need to give them 90 minutes notice for both the pickup and the drop off. And if you've got kids and you've got last minute plans and stuff, it's not necessarily the most convenient thing. I'll be honest. Now, the good thing is they're very happy to wait for you. Like if, you know, if you're running late or something and that's never been an issue, but it is something to be aware of. You know, it's not like a garage where you can necessarily just walk in and get your car whenever you want. Okay. So, uh, the next one is called so this is a sort of a sub app. It's called Hook, and it's by the Reply app people. And it says, does your email copy sell? I thought this was actually really neat. So you basically paste in the, the email copy or you know whatever email copy you have, follow-up, cold email, in the text area below. And then they have an expert who will provide detailed feedback and an improved version of your copy for free. So that's pretty badass, right? Free uh, copy editing for you. So basically, uh, use this tool and see what you think. Try putting in the, the, your outbound emails and see what they come up with. You never know. You don't know what the quality of the copywriters that they're using or what they're basing on, but it's free. So definitely worth a try. Uh, now, this one, this next one is a, a cooking thing. It's called Raw Spice Bar. And I actually, I love this idea. And uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't used this service, but I've, I've done what they're offering on my own. And having it done this way, it would be a lot easier. So basically, there's all these services that allow you to get, you know, like HelloFresh and Blue Apron and, you know, fill in the blank, basically. And they provide you all the ingredients you need to make a fresh meal. This is different. This is freshly ground spice kit for cooking global dishes. So it's only $6 a month, which is great. And you're getting high quality spices that are freshly ground and global flavors. And the reason that I think this is so cool is that if you're, if you're like a power, if you really are a cook and you really like to cook and you know how to cook, then something like a Blue Apron or HelloFresh is not necessarily going to be that much more convenient for you for a couple reasons. And I've had this discussion with my, my sister-in-law several times because she cooks every night. My wife my wife cooks every night too, of course. And th- we, we've had this discussion where you know, you'll get the Blue Apron and there'll be a recipe and it'll be great and you'll make the meal once and then it, it's just, and it's fine, but it's, it's almost like an entertainment thing at that point. Like you have friends over and you want to cook something and you all the recipe and that's it but for a lifestyle thing it's not necessarily going to fit for people who have uh have a lot of kids or have just sort of a different take on cooking what i like about this idea is that for that person the person who does cook a lot and they make a really great chicken for example or they really know how to make uh, a wonderful thing of vegetables getting different kinds of spices you can basically make the same base dish into every kind of global flavor. So you could take, uh, you know, let me think, you could take brisket, for example, right? And you could make an American style or like a really delicious, like Jewish pot roast kind of brisket dish. You could take that exact same meat though, put barbecue sauce on it, and then you've got 
you know, a, like a slow roasted brisket that you can make into a sandwich. You could take that and put red wine on it and some other spices and turn it into a bouffe bourguignon, which is a French dish. So uh, the spices really allow you to be more creative with the stuff that you already have. And so I think this is really great. And it's only $6 a month. It's extremely affordable considering what they're giving you. So raw spice bar. Uh, okay, so now the next one is called, uh, it's called Human human DX, I guess. So it's the Human Diagnosis Project. And this is, you know, all, these kinds of things are always interesting to me. There's, I, I was listening to a podcast recently. Which one was it? It was the Reply All podcast, actually. And they interviewed Dr. Lisa Sanders, who is actually the, uh, the, the inspiration for Dr. House, right, MD. And she is behind this site called CrowdMed, which I have talked about before. And with CrowdMed, you basically submit your unusual illness or your all your symptoms. And then these medical investigators who are, some of them are hobbyists, some of them are just doctors with extra time, uh, or some of them are medical researchers. They will basically, you, you're using the crowd to find a solution. And they're 60% of the time, apparently, they are successful in finding a solution, a treatment, a cure to whatever is going on with that person. So uh, the Human Diagnosis Project is an open system to help humankind diagnose any health problem. And basically, they're hoping that it really will elevate what it means to solve a medical case. So they have, you can put in symptoms, you can, you can uh, group them together and sort of get diagnosis, but they actually show these cases of the week. And so this is somewhat similar to CrowdMed, but there's no, there's no uh, cash prize per se. So uh, for example, the case of the week is solve Leo Cow's case of an 89 year old female presenting with nausea and vomiting. So if you provide the best diagnosis before revealing the next finding, uh, to have the most impact on the project. So this is really playing on people's, this is gamifying it, honestly. So it's great because they go in here and they give you the, the, the symptoms, the chief complaint, treatment history. And then there's a bunch of stuff you have to sign in to get like their physical exams, uh, of their abdomen, of the vital signs. Like you can actually get real medical like stuff here. And so you, and then you can add to it if you want. And basically these people work together to, to, to build this case up and, and help people figure out what's wrong. And what I love about this is it really gives people hope and not just hope. I mean, they actually really do solve problems, but when you're dealing with certain illnesses and a lot of times, even with Crohn's, I hear this all the time. People just, they're, they're told that they, they need to be put on antidepressant or anti or anxiety and it's all in your head and people get really tired of hearing that. So it's nice to have an entire community that will take your stuff very seriously. So this is the human diagnosis project and I, I think it's wonderful. Okay. Uh, so now I want to take another little break to just let everyone know as well as we're still offering those free 30 minute productivity maximizer calls with a less doing certified coach. And I'm also very happy to say that we just got our first female, uh, mother and daughter duo as, as our, as less doing coaches up until this point, all of the, co the certified less doing coaches have been men and now we've got some women. So we are diversifying and hopefully they can, I'm, I'm sure that they will bring a unique angle to the way less doing impacts people's lives, but you can call 844-I-DO-LESS and press zero to speak to a less doing coach. Anytime you get that free call and back to the links. So, uh, there is an article in, uh, where is it in the wall street journal? And it says to stop procrastinating, start by understanding the emotions involved. So uh, 
procrastination is an emotional plight, basically. And it's really about control in some ways. There's, there's a lot of things that go into it. I'm not going to like read the article for you. Uh, but basically, it says that there's, there's essentially like an, an emotional strategy. Or, or chronic procrastination is an emotional strategy for dealing with stress. And, you know, a, a lot of people, as I'm sure a lot of people know, procrastination can lead to some pretty big problems in your life. So uh, read this article. It's worth looking at. And sometimes your approach to overcoming procrastination might have nothing to do with being more productive. It might really just have to do with looking at what's causing the problem in the first place. Uh, okay. Whew, getting close there. So there's, this is just so much information. I hope that you guys are loving this because I, I do, it really does get me like hyped up. I love this stuff. So, uh, the next thing I want to tell you about is, uh, it's called true reach mental wellness on the go. So this is basically cognitive behavioral therapy that's turned into an app. And for those who don't know what cognitive behavioral therapy is, it's basically it's based on uh, stoicism, the, the, the ancient Greek philosophy, which says essentially that like we are not our thoughts. We are just our reactions to things. And we can essentially change the way we react to anything uh, in, in a circumstance to or change our our perspective and our relationship to that issue to change how we feel about it. And so this actually gives you CBT lessons on the go that you can, it's basically like therapy lessons and they're quick engagement lessons. It's pretty cool. I played around with the app and you can essentially learn skills that can help you really enhance your mental wellness. So I, it's great. Turn this stuff into really bite-sized knowledge. I have to say, we're actually moving through these links pretty quickly. So uh, I think they have just one more for you actually. And that is, uh, no, actually that's it. There were so many things open on my, on my uh, browser that I, I almost lost track. So thank you everyone for sticking with me through that. I, I hope that was, that was really useful information. It's always good for me to go back through this stuff because I basically create space repetition in my mind and I remember these things forever. So thank you for all for listening. Next week's episode is with Guillermo Miatti of Lego Serious Play. Yes, Legos the toys. And until then, check us out at lessdoing.com and have a great week. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble? Or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. 
So now I'm speaking to Daniel Vitalis, who is the founder of Surthrival. So Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Hey, Ari. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I first uh, found out about you and and saw a bunch of your products at the Bulletproof Conference last year, and I was really fascinated by sort of your 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 whole your persona, honestly, and 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 the products that you decided to focus on, and it's really cool. So, if you could start just by giving a little bit of background on on you and you know how you sort of got into this health journey. Yeah, well, okay. So ever since I was a kid, I just, you know, I was obsessed with the ancient past, particularly like paleontology was really fascinating to me. I was like three, four years old. And I felt like hidden, tucked away in the past, the recesses of time, there was important information that we'd kind of overlooked. Over the course of my life, I started to really get interested in what I would be like if I wasn't influenced by society and culture and eventually kind of arrived at this idea that in the past, Homo sapiens were a wild animal. I mean, we were a wild species. We are currently the domesticated subform of Homo sapiens. We live in houses, we garden and farm our food. And what I came to understand was that there are still hunting and gathering people on the planet today and in the past. And if we look at them, we find that they tend to be more robust and more healthy than we are. Now, that's not saying that we need to go back to that lifestyle, but I became fascinated with how we could draw upon ancient peoples and their life ways and bring that into our modern life. And I call that rewilding. And out of that has come a whole philosophy and a product line and uh, teaching and a podcast and all these uh, ways that I present to people different methodologies for accessing our innate wildness and bringing some of that back so we don't have to be so domesticated and, and frankly degenerated. Yeah, and I, and I love that concept of rewilding because for a number of reasons. One of which is that it suggests that the damage that we've done is reversible, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, and uh, you know, so I mean, how does how does somebody get started on the the path to rewilding? Personally, I mean, I'm, you know, we're talking about maybe an office worker or something. And what what what's the first thing that they need to be doing? Okay, well, the, the challenge, and I want to just state the challenge real quickly, is that we tend to be in a, in a, we're like, it's like we're in a river and we're trying to go upstream all the time with the way that we live. We're fighting our innate animality. And there's this big movement now towards this life hacking concept, which I love. And I think a lot of times when a hack works, it works because it's actually us going with the flow instead of fighting it, if you will. So sometimes a hack works. It's like it might seem like feeding grass to a cow is like a really smart life hack, but actually grass is what cows are supposed to eat. So it's not a hack as much as it's just realigning them with our biology. So for us, what we want to look at is how do we realign ourselves with our biology? The fastest way I found to sort of get people on this path is to get them excited about the four elements again. The four elements being earth, water, air, and fire. Those are like the fundamental ways we interact with our landscape, with the community of life on this planet, and that we get back into communication with our habitat. So when it comes to earth, I talk about food. When it comes to water, I talk about the water we drink, air, of course, the air we breathe, and fire, the light of the sun. So the challenge for the office workers, they're in an environment where there's no soil, and there's none of the things that grow up out of the soil. There's no healthy water. There's only processed water. There's only processed air in the office environment. And there's only artificial light in the office environment. So we want to make sure that we're putting ourselves into environments whenever we can, maybe as a hobby or a passion or a pursuit, where there's soil 
and the organisms that live in the soil and the foods that grow up out of the soil, we want to make sure we get access to real water or start to try to recreate some of that in our artificial habitats. And really important that we get as much exposure as we can for our skin type to natural sunlight. So when we live inside, what's happened is we're creating almost like a spaceship. I kind of call it the Starship Enterprise environment where we create these environments that don't have any of the things that foster our health or the health of anything on the planet. Remember, we are an organism that's about our, our, our hominid development. It's about three million years we've been living with those four elements. And only in the last couple hundred years have people really fully isolated themselves to the degree they are today. So I was always encouraging people to get back. And of course, we live unnatural lives in a big, significant way now. So what we want to be bringing into those natural, unnatural lives are healthy foods, particularly foods we get from our farmer's market, or if you want to get crazy with it like me, learn how to forage stuff from your environment. We want to be getting access to good, clean spring water or good well water if we can. Maybe bringing air filters and ionizers and plants into our homes and offices to make better air. And again, making sure we're getting out into the sun whenever we can. Okay, so those are all. Yeah, I, I like actually. I mean, all those make total sense, and and I think that's worth pointing out that they they make total sense, as you said. Like a lot of these life hacks, it's almost like we have to get out of our own way, right? Uh, which which I think is an important concept for some people is that when when we think that we're we're going all these extra steps and wearing blue blocking sunglasses at night, which I which I recommend for people if they're going to be exposed to light, you know, th- those are all things that are as you said are sort of resetting us or realigning us with our own nature, correct? Which right. is fantastic. Right, right. And you know, and again, yeah, exactly. The the purpose of the blue blocking glasses is to try to recreate a natural experience. And I think we need to do all of those hacks that we can. So we want to be bringing in those tools, bringing in the HEPA filter, the ionizer and plants into our environment creates air in our homes that's more like the air outside. But I also think it's important that we don't get too far away from actually doing the real thing. So, you know, using the blue blockers, smart. I love that. I do that too. But that's kind of like, it's almost like taking a supplement, and supplements are great, but it's also great to eat the real food, too, if you will. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's a very good analogy. Um, and so in that regard, I mean, how, how, and I know that, you know, you recently spent a couple months in a, in a remote cabin, so you're obviously really living this, but what does that balance look like in your life? I mean, are you spending any time in an office setting, or have you completely, like, engineered your life to not have to do that? I've engineered my life in a big way to have as much nature around me as I can. So I'm surrounded by, I live on 100 acres of forest in a very small of solar house that I leave very open to the elements throughout most of the year. Uh, I have lots of trails where I live and so I spend a lot of time outside and I have a kind of personal philosophy that if I can't go outside naked every day off my doorstep, I live too close to people. So that's that works for me. But I know that's not everybody and some people want to live more urban lifestyles. So for me, I, I like to also, I want to make sure that I don't lose my adaptability to what's actually going on on the planet. So I don't want to be one of those naked and afraid characters who, you know, is outside so much that I lose the, the ability to go into the urban environment. Um, so I think we need to be prepared for the environment we live in. And there's three environments we're living in now. We have the natural environment. That's here on the planet. We have the urban environment. That's here on the planet. And now we have the virtual environment. And that's where a lot of us work and play now. So I like to be fit for all of those. Most people are quite fit today. Most people listening are quite fit for the online environment now, the virtual environment, and are very well adapted to the office environment, but maybe not so adapted to the outdoor environment. The balance for me is, you know, I like to spend as much time as I can 
off the grid outside, you know, just yesterday. And, and as soon as we get off this uh, interview today, I'm going to be naked in a river. I mean, that's it's hot here. That's how I want to spend the afternoon. That said, a lot of my day is going to be online today, too. And so it's always working that dynamic balance. But what I find is the more time I get outdoors in natural environments, the more my heart sings, the more creativity I have, the more inspiration I have. And then I bring that back to the urban and online landscapes, if you will. Okay, cool. Um, now, let's talk about the products a little bit. You know, So you have some some really interesting products. The, the one that I actually had never heard of before the Bulletproof Conference was the uh, the elk antler velvet as a as a a supplement. So when we start with that, actually, how did you, I mean, how did you come about that as something you wanted to focus on and then go about making it? Okay. Well, let me back up and say, I love the idea of nutritional supplements. However, most of what's on the market is uh, pretty poorly constructed. Most of what's available, I think of as that GNC quality stuff that is a, a kind of a lot of random chemicals mixed together to make these pseudo foods. So everything I carry at Sir Thrival is actually a whole food or a crude extract. That's what I'm into. I want things that are very close to um, the, their food form and aren't altered or extracted in such a way that they become refined products. Um, I also think that most of the food we eat should be food. In other words, I think people should eat from their food shed. That said, around the world, tucked into nature are some bizarre and fascinating substances. Um, in particular, I mean herbs and animal foods that go above and beyond what normal foods can do. Now, if you think about elk, which is basically a type of deer, um, we think of eating them as like venison. That's the meat or food that we get from deer. But the males of all of the cervid mammals, all of the deer family, when it's springtime, the bucks start to grow those antlers, and they start to grow at about two inches a day. And the antler is a really unique um, body part because it's an organ that falls off every year and then every year regenerates. And that's amazing. And it's growing at a rate of about two inches a day, like I said before. And this is a, a becomes a bony structure, but initially is mostly cartilage and collagen. It's nerve tissue. It's uh, vascular tissue. It's lymphatic tissue. It's skin. It's hair. And this thing is growing really rapidly. So imagine if you could grow an adult arm in you know three months or something. I mean, that would be incredible. So in order for that to happen, of course, there has to be lots of really uh, novel substances in there, particularly growth factors and steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth of all those types of tissues. If we can eat that in its rapid growth phase, we can actually absorb those substances. And because we're mammals, they're active in our bodies too. So this has been known for, you know, thousands of years in Asia. It's been um, actively used for at least a thousand years in Russia. And during the Cold War, the Russians got really into looking at how they could optimize their athletes and soldiers during that Cold War era. Uh, and they really perfected the deer antler formula, or which we've adapted to the elk. We use a U.S. elk population. Um, and we produce an extract in the Russian method. You know, if you think Rocky IV, kind of Dolph Lundgren training, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, that sort of super athlete performance idea the Russians were into. They perfected the formula. We've taken that and optimized it with organic ingredients and it's basically elk antler that can be delivered sublingually through a dropper and you get to put about 24 different growth factors into your body which cause regeneration which cause rapid healing which are really great for recovery which are really good for libido enhancement and fertility and essentially kind of keep your body like um, a buck getting ready for the rut or if you could imagine keep your body more like when it was 18. 
Yeah. So and and again, I, it's worth sort of reiterating for people that you know, as you said, you want to get most of your nutrients from food and things. But you know, this is something that you you would. I mean, you're not going to be sucking on a deer antler anytime soon. And so. you can't hunt during the time of year where this is happening either. Keep in mind, by the time people are hunting, the animal's uh, rack has turned to bone and it no longer has those nutrients available because it's finished its growth cycle. So in the ancient past, this is a food people would consume. Today, it's very difficult to get in another form, if you will. Right. And so, I, you know, without getting too technical, like how do you... Uh, process it you know you said crude form but like how do you actually turn that into a supplement right so essentially what happens is these are free-ranging elk on these slaughter-free ranches and once a year the males are sort of coaxed into the veterinary room where their uh, antlers are clipped and the antlers are then flipped upside down to keep all the blood intact because these are these are I and mean, if you've ever get to touch the velvet antlers on a on a deer or an elk they're warm and they have a pulse i mean this is like an organ so these are clipped off flipped upside down freeze dried and then basically macerated in an organic grape alcohol so like a distilled uh wine a, a, a grape vodka um and that's to give the ability of absorption so um, this allows the growth factors to pass directly into the bloodstream via the mucous membranes of the mouth versus trying to swallow this stuff where the stomach breaks it down. So um, that's the essential process. It's macerated in alcohol after freeze drying, which makes it really, really concentrated. And then we put it into not only the grape alcohol, uh, which is a really pure alcohol that has no GMO ingredients, but we put that in Miron glass, which is just an amazing glass out of Europe um, that's impenetrable to the visible light spectrum and that really we do that with all of our liquid products oh really I, yeah. I had no idea okay so if you see this glass Ari it looks almost black at first oh I mean I have a bottle of this stuff so yeah, oh, okay no, so I, if you put a really high powered light up to that or try to just put that light up that bottle up to the sun and you'll notice that all you'll get is the uh, sort of violet color will shimmer off of it uh, it allows ultraviolet light through, but it doesn't let visible light through. And so anything you put into that, and it's amazing if you go to Miran's website and you look at, you know, they show you all these images of things like tomatoes or green herbs that have been put in there versus ones put into amber or clear glass. And you'll see how much longer things are preserved in there. That's so cool. I had no idea. I just, I mean, I noticed the glass, but I never, it, that's that's very intelligent thinking on that. Good, good good idea <laughs> our, our thing is about like really trying to take we want to see the supplement industry go to a higher level and we know it can and it's not that difficult for people to do but most people don't know what they're looking for and they end up buying really low quality ingredients or sometimes good ingredients in low-grade packaging which damages the product and so you know we want to make sure that people's products gonna last a really long time and in fact we encourage people to keep those bottles because they can be reused for lots of stuff ah yeah that that's a really cool added piece of information um, and then so then the other one that I, I I thought it was really cool is the pine pollen. So pine pollen is, man, this stuff is really neat. So pine trees around the world. So we're talking about any pine trees. We work with a specific pine, um, but any pine tree can be used in this way. In around, it's May where I live. It differs in different places. It's a bit earlier in California, but around the world, pine trees during their pollen season literally dump massive amounts of their sperm or their pollen onto the ground and out into the air. And, you know, if you live in a place where there's a lot of pine trees, you'll see this all over your car. It's on your windowsill. It's in the puddles. It's on the lake. And it turns everything golden, yellow. Well, that stuff, that pollen is the sperm of great pine trees. And in it is literally a phytotestosterone, which is uh, uh, bioidentical to the testosterone in the human body. 
And so you can consume pine pollen sort of how maybe a bodybuilder would take a steroid, except that it's much milder and much more balanced in the body. So it doesn't push us into imbalance. And unlike a steroid, which is like an isolated compound, this is a whole food and therefore contains a whole suite of other substances that are round out the testosterone, if you will. It's sort of, um, it's like the difference between having, uh, you know, painting with one color versus having a whole palette or, you know, having one letter of the alphabet versus, you know, all the letters of the alphabet. When we eat a whole food or an herb, we don't just get the chemical that would be in a drug. We get all the stuff that comes with it, nutrients, phytochemicals, antioxidants, etc. So it's a whole food, but it does contain testosterone and a few other androgens as well as a bunch of plant steroids. And so, the purpose of this in nature is that pine trees are one purpose. Pine trees are feeding the entire ecosystem testosterone in the spring. And that helps get the everybody kinky, like early in. Plants, animals, soil microbes are all getting dosed with, with androgens. Now, if we can get that into our bloodstream, it works on us too. And this is particularly good for men who are in the second half of their life and really good for women near menopause. But of course, we see people using it at all different levels and ages. And today, especially with low testosterone issues, this can be a really beneficial food. So we sell it. If somebody does not have particularly low testosterone, we have them take it as a powder. And if someone wants to increase testosterone levels, we have them take that in the liquid form, which is again in an organic alcohol and in that Miron glass and much more absorbable as an androgen. Gotcha, yeah. And so I actually, when I originally saw that, I thought that maybe one of the compounds in there was pycnogenol, but I think that's more of a bark thing. From Yeah, trees. you're talking about that being more of the, and the whole, so the entire pine tree is, is massively useful. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, you can actually eat the cambrium layer of a pine tree. Um, there's a, quite a bit of food in a pine tree. But yeah, that would be more in the sap, um, in the resin of the pine tree. And what we're after here is literally is testosterone. Yeah, that's, which is amazing. And, and so now... In, in terms of food, what, what does your sort of diet look like personally? Okay, so my diet is about emulating the diets of natural people. Um, I think it's really important, not that everyone would do this, but that we say it, that we already know what the healthiest diet ever is. We already know. It's the homo sapiens diet. It's the diet of hunting and gathering people. It's the diet we evolved the last three million years on. Now, our diets are based on agricultural food, and that's unfortunate because the food we farm is lower in nutrition. Almost every single case, it will be lower in nutrition. Um, not just vitamins and minerals, but also antioxidants and things like that. So when I can, I forage wild food or I purchase wild food. And when I'm eating, when most of my diet, let's face it, most of my diet is going to come from farms. So I'm always looking for heirloom produce, stuff that's closer to its wild form and trying to stay away from the food that's heavily cloned. Most of our fruits are clones, stuff that's been hybridized, the seedless kind of stuff, um, stuff that was developed not for nutrient, but for, you know, supermarket shelves and, and trucking stability. I, try I, to avoid that. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I was at the I was at uh, Whole Foods the other day with my kids and there was uh, the grapes section and there was a, a, a grape that is called cotton, cotton candy grapes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, it says it says on the description, they taste like cotton candy. I was trying to think how the 
How would that yeah. be possible? <laughs> right, right. Okay, so it, one of the things if you've ever gone out on a foraging walk or a plant walk, you realize real quick is that the foods in nature have much stronger flavors, often much more bitter, much more sour, um, and are much more concentrated. So over years of breeding and breeding and breeding, we take a wild grape and we turn it into something like cotton candy in the same way that we take a gray wolf and we turn it into a chihuahua. Same thing literally breeding and domestication. The thing to keep in mind is, have you ever heard this thing, Ari, that the only proven method currently for extending lifespan is a calorie-restricted diet? Yeah, absolutely. The people who have like a walnut as a meal. Yeah, basically. Okay, so not saying people should do that. What I want to point out is we know that when you eat less calories, you can live longer. But in order to eat less calories, of course, the food has to be more nutrient-dense. So we know that a low-calorie high nutrient diet extends lifespan. So if we wanted to flip that and be like, what would be the best way to kill ourselves and make ourselves sick? It would be lots of calories and very little nutrition. And hyper domesticated food is this way. We end up with a grape that has very little nutrition compared to its wild counterpart, but has way more calories, has way more sugar. So what we've done is we've bred everything to be bigger, fatter, sweeter, more sugary, higher protein, higher carb, higher fat, but we we haven't increased its nutrient value. We've decreased it. So we always want to be looking for the heirloom. So, you know, if we go to the supermarket, we're going to find those big lightsaber orange carrots. But if we go to the farmer's market, we're going to find those smaller purple ones and those smaller yellow ones, right? If we go to the farmer's market, we're going to find the typical four or five types of apple that are available, all clones. We go to the farmer's market and suddenly we start finding these unique ones that we haven't seen before, flavors we haven't tried. And that's where I always want to guide people is to their local food shed, to their local health food stores, to their local farmer's markets to get access to foods. And I'm not just talking about plants here either. I'm talking about animal foods as well. So we don't have to eat always that same USDA beef, right? We can start to access heirloom uh, heritage breed animals. So I like, for instance, the Scottish Highland cow, or I like to get meats from venison farms or from local hunters where I can get access to wild meats and wild game. Uh, when it comes to things from the sea, I always choose wild seafood over farmed seafood for a variety of reasons. And this is really important. And one thing I want people to hear is that It's not just about the nutrition. What we're learning now and the cutting edge of nutrition says that the genetics of what you eat actually do impact your health in a big way. They don't just impact your health the way vitamins and minerals do. They actually influence how your genes get expressed. So we can affect our epigenetics, our gene expression, by choosing things that are closer to their wild form. That's really important. Um, And that's going to become more obvious to people moving forward over the next decade or two. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I have a specific question that I'm just curious what your thoughts on it, but do you do much uh, intermittent fasting? You know, I think that feast and famine is really important. So um, I don't, I, I, I tend to buck every system, even the cool alternative ones. And so I hate to say, yes, I do that particular methodology. But yeah, I really believe that it's good to have periods where we really eat heartily from the foods that are available and then periods where we really taper off of foods too. And I think in nature, we see that this kind of naturally happens. Now, it's important to point out that hunting and gathering people never have famine. Um, because famine only strikes farmers. In nature, there's always food available. But to farmers, they do have famine. So I call it feast and famine. I don't mean it literally. But what I do mean is good to have periods of time where we, you know, for me, there's, there's times where I'm eating a lot of protein and I'm eating heavy amounts of the fresh vegetables and fruits that are coming in. Other times, I like to taper off food altogether and go long stretches without eating. Um, 
and for me, when I say long stretches, you know, a day, I don't, I don't like to do long fasts at all and never have, but I do think that's important, um, that we cycle up and down. And I think that's important in everything, Ari, cause it's like, I think that's important in the temperature in your house, for instance. Like I don't believe in this room temperature idea. I think it's important that the, the temperature in your house follows a sine wave. I think social experiences are this way. It's good to be around people for a while and then it's good to be alone. I think this is important when we're in the shower, we do hot water and cold water. It's like every Everything should cycle on a sine wave rhythm. Um, one of the problems with domestication is it creates an environment where everything's the same every day all the time and our bodies get weak and tired and don't have to adapt anymore. So I think it's good to be adapted to being able to consume lots of food and it's good to be adapted to when there's no food and let your body consume some of itself to sort of clean itself out. I, I, yeah, I totally, totally agree. Uh, oddly enough, uh, maybe this is a common experience, but I find for me intermittent fasting is really great in the winter, but I, in the summer months or the warmer months, I find it much more difficult. Uh, whereas you know, for some reason in the winter, it's just it's a lot easier for me to, to go 14, 16 hours without eating. Yeah, and if you think about like how the sun works, I mean, you can really, the sun in your metabolism should be intimately linked. And that's one of the values of using the blue blockers is it keeps our metabolic systems and our circadian rhythms aligned with the sun. When there's very little sunlight available, uh, the body wants to go into hibernation mode and does not want to have to deal with all the energy it takes to digest things the way it does in the summer when your metabolism is cranking and the days are long and you're super active. So that makes a lot of sense. And again, one of the challenges of being indoors is that wintertime days end up being just as long as summertime days and temperatures are always the same. And, and we do come from wild, you know, ape stock where, where seasons actually affect us by both, you know, light levels and temperature. And I think it's important we recreate as much of that in our homes and offices as we can. So, Dan, and then how does this translate for you to what you do in your company, you know, in business practices? Well, that's an interesting question. So we really like to keep our business model really streamlined because we don't want people having to spend their whole uh, life working. And I got to say, Ari, there's a thing I just I have to bring it up because you asked. You know, the word employ means to knowingly or willfully go into a scheme that's been cleverly devised to get advantage over you. So, so to, to the word M, <laughs> the word M means to go into knowingly or willfully and a ploy is a trick or a scheme, right? So when we employ somebody, we bring them into our scheme. If we're the employer, we're the one with the scheme and the employee is the one who goes into the scheme. So this comes out of domestication in nature. None of this stuff exists. Human beings are all on equal playing fields. There's no employer and employee, even the chief hunts and gathers, right? So that's always what we're thinking about is how do you create an environment of equality? All of our staff work from home. We don't have a central office. That's really important to us. And we encourage people to have rewilding time where they, instead of sick days, you know, we don't like to um, give incentives for being sick. We'd rather give people incentives for getting outside and enjoying nature. And so we make sure to give everybody rewilding days instead of sick days where they can just get out without having to pretend that they're sick or to get sick just to take a break. You know what I'm saying? So it's really important to us that people get out. And then for me, I've created the business uh, that I run all around streamlining so that I can spend as little time actually doing the uh, labor portion of it and as much of my life doing the things I love and spending time outside. I mean, that's just crucial for me. Uh, and I think that's awesome. So, so Daniel, the last question I always like to ask on these interviews is what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And you can interpret that however you like. Okay. Good. That's an awesome question. So more effective. Um, one, I would say it's really important. It's always been important for me. And I found this to be, um, 
true across the board. You have instincts that deserve to be listened to. And most of what culture is about, you know, I love Terrence McKenna said, culture's not your friend. Most of what's going on in our culture is, you, is us being taught not to listen to our instincts, instead to override, with, override them with our mind programming. So I think it's really important we listen to our instincts. When you get a no about something, it should be a no. When you feel a yes and an opening about something, you should listen to that and move with that if you want a life you love. So I encourage people to do what they love. You might be more effective uh, using a kind of strategy, but it's something you don't like. Ultimately, that's not effective. So I think that's really important. Second piece is that if you need to constantly stay adaptable, I think that, you know, it's so important that we're constantly adapting. And that means we have to put ourselves into environments that challenge us. Indoor environments are pretty boring. Even really cool indoor environments compared to outdoor environments are just boring. So even if we had a really cool gymnasium full of all kinds of cool equipment, if you look at how information poor it is compared to a forest, it's just obvious. So time outdoors, moving across rocks and fallen logs and in water and uphills and downhills and all of that trains us to be adaptable. And I also love obstacle courses and obstacle course racing where we're constantly training ourselves to overcome obstacles metaphorically. So I think that's really important. Lastly, I just want to say you does not make sense to become ultra effective only to lose your health later in life. So make that your priority first. Your health has to be your priority number one. The idea that once I make a certain amount of money or get to a certain amount of success or have a certain amount of free time, I'm going to start focusing on my health. I think that's a really backwards way to approach life. So make sure that first and foremost, you're making these next seven things I'm going to say your priority. Those are your movement practice, however that, whatever that is, however you exercise your movement practice, your mindfulness or meditation or awareness practice, your sleep, the food you eat, the water you drink, the air you breathe, and sunlight time. Those seven things are so crucial, and I think they should come before um, work, before even before things like family. Why do I say that? Because if you're suffering and sick, you can't really be there with your family. So prioritize your health. That makes you more effective for everyone, not just yourself and your own success, but for everyone you love and care about and for your mission. So um, stay adaptable, stay healthy, trust your instincts. Those are awesome. So Daniel, thank you so much. Can you just tell people where they can find out more about survival and try out some products? Sure, they can go to surthrival.com and for rewilding stuff, they can go to danielvitalis.com and check out also my podcast, Rewild Yourself, and my online magazine, also called Rewild Yourself. Well, and we'll have links to everything in the show notes, of course. So, uh, Daniel, thank you again. That was a really awesome conversation. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Ari. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.